The Gut Pharmacist Podcast with Riley Ramosco, traditional naturopath and holistic nutritionist. Dr. Katie Woodley is an expert holistic vet and founder of The Natural Pet Doctor, who is passionate about integrating Eastern into Western medicine to help pets achieve optimal health and vibrancy by utilizing nutrition, acupuncture, and herbal medicine. She loves partnering with pet parents to provide guidance and specialized care to help their pets live their best lives through her online programs, courses, telehealth, and free resources on thenaturalpetdoctor.com and through her social media channels, The Natural Pet Doctor, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Dr. Katie Woodley is a major holistic practitioner and focuses on, of course, animal gut health. And she has so much amazing information about pet gut health. So let's bring her in. Welcome to the Gut Pharmacist Podcast. We have a very special guest today, Dr. Katie, who is a holistic veterinarian, and she will be discussing pet gut health. You guys always know I'm talking about human gut health, human health, but we sometimes forget about our furry friends gut health. It's almost the same thing. So they all need the same good support that we do. And we have Dr. Katie for our expert today. So Dr. Katie, thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Riley. I'm excited to be here. Of course. So tell us why you chose holistic veterinary medicine, your fur babies, why you got into the field and your background. Yeah, so I've always had more of like a holistic lifestyle anyways, just I've never been in big into, you know, taking drugs to treat like headaches or things like that. And I actually went to vet school in New Zealand. So I'm from Colorado originally, went to vet school. It's the same as like going to Colorado State. It was still accredited just in a very beautiful country. And while I lived there, I actually lived on like what they call a lifestyle property. So we raised our own sheep. We had chickens. We had beautiful gardens. It was very easy to grow your own food. And it introduced me to a different type of lifestyle than I kind of had experienced growing up. And I ended up marrying a Kiwi. So he, the, the human version, not the bird, obviously. And I brought him back to the States after I finished vet school. So I worked there for a few years. I've always loved animals. I was rescuing animals. I just collected them as a kid. And, you know, it was one of those things where I got back to the States and my husband, six months in after moving back from New Zealand, developed an autoimmune disease. And so that was the eye opener. Of course, he developed IBD or ulcerative colitis. So he has an autoimmune gut health issue. And we went down the rabbit hole of figuring out, well, why did this happen? Not getting the answers we wanted, being told you need to go on strong immunosuppressives. There's no fix for this. This is the rest of your life. And hopefully you don't get side effects. And oh, by the way, the drugs don't work very well. So that was really frustrating. And so we began this journey of learning more. And during that journey, I realized I could be doing better for my, like my vet patients. So for the animals where here I am telling people I'm doing exactly what happened to us on the other side of the table, the doctor's office for my husband, where I'm saying, there's not much more we can do. We're at the end of the road. There's no other conventional drugs. And I'm having people leave hopeless from the office. And so I became acupuncture certified, Chinese herbal medicine certified, food therapy certified, and just went deep into being, being that 
that vet that never told another person that there's nothing else you could do because I wasn't okay and comfortable with that. And there was that entire world opened up when I dived into a more integrative, holistic approach and the results I got changed. And so here we are healing conditions or getting regaining quality of life back for the, my patients where before I was telling them there was nothing else we could do. And so I absolutely love integrating in and using holistic medicine to find the root imbalances of why these symptoms occur, why these conditions are occurring. So it all started with my husband getting sick, which was not fun. I would not wish that on anyone, but it was actually a blessing in disguise to help guide my career and my veterinary path. And it led me to actually creating my business, The Natural Pet Doctor, because I wanted to focus solely on like the holistic approach and do the things that I love every single day. So that's a little bit of how I got started in a roundabout way. Um, you know, along the way too on this journey, I was very grateful that I started on this path because with our pets, we had two cats that passed away from aggressive GI lymphoma. And I was at the beginning stages of my journey. And looking back now, there's a lot of lessons I've learned from that where, you know, a lot of pet parents also feel this too, where you feel guilt, right? I wish I had known this. I would have been able to help them more. And I can totally 100% relate to that, but they were a lesson along the journey and why this journey was so important. And then a couple of years ago, our, our sole dog, Finn, our German shepherd, he developed a brain tumor. So he started having seizures. He was already a little bit older. So he was 11 years old. And we were actually told by the neurologist, there was nothing more we could do. The medications to reduce the brain swelling weren't working for him. His quality of life, he couldn't eat. He couldn't walk. He had diarrhea. It was awful. And so we were essentially told, there's nothing more you can do. Take him home, love on him, and come back in a week. And I said, I'm not doing that. I'm going to take him home and I'm going to do the things that I know what to do. And through integrating in holistic medicine, herbs, food therapy, acupuncture, supplements, physiotherapy, we were able to give him another year of amazing quality of life when we were given a week. And so he just became a bigger part of the mission that we're on today in terms of making sure that pet parents across the world have these treatment options and know that there are other ways to do things. And if you're being told there's nothing more you can do, if that's just conventional medicine, and we have so many other tools and modalities that we can tap into to like truly help them and, and guide us along the way. So that's a little bit about me and my journey. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I can totally relate. I mean, I've lost so many pets along the way and I've always been told there's nothing you can do or, Hey, do this very risky surgery that might kill your pet in the process. And that's yep. all you got. So I kind of just recently dealt with something like that. So this topic is very important to me. And what I'd like to know from you is in traditional veterinary offices, why don't we, why don't we really hear about pet gut health as much as we should? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's one of those things where I look back at what are we taught in, in vet school and unfortunately, we're taught, you know, essentially the physiology of how things work, but we're not really taught about how the body works as a whole, like the connections. So, you know, the gut isn't an entity by itself. It's connected to the brain through the great, the gut brain access, the gut's right. connected to the skin. And so when we see allergies, are we only treating a symptom or is it truly a gut health issue? And that's the problem with a conventional approach is that we get so narrow focused on how we're treating our patients that we forget about 
what else could be affecting them? The environment, stress, emotional health, toxins that are in the environment, what's in the water, what's in the food. And as vets, we're the only profession that recommends feeding a processed food diet for the life of the pet. So right. if you were to take your, your baby to the pediatrician and you asked, Hey doc, what should we feed them? And they said, here's a box of Cheerios. You can feed it. It's balanced. You know, you can feed it every day, every meal for the rest of your kid's life. Don't worry. It's fortified with vitamins and minerals. You would look at them like they're crazy, but unfortunately on the other side of this, this is what we're doing as veterinarians because that's what we're taught. And so there's this huge disconnect where we don't really understand nutrition. We don't understand how you can use food as medicine. We don't even know about the microbiome and how it's connected to the immune system. And so that's why so many pet parents are stuck in that vicious cycle of going back and forth to the vet for the same symptoms over and over again. And we're missing the root cause of why those symptoms are there. Yep. And it's the same thing with humans, conventional medicine, we're kind of doing the same thing, but there's more attention on humans and human children than our pets with which for a lot of people, they are children. So there's a huge disconnect there. I totally agree with you. And for so our pets, you kind of highlighted just briefly why gut health is important. Can you go more into detail about why gut health is important for our pets? Yeah. So when we think about the gut, it's not just about like processing and digesting food. Yes, that's really, really important. And there can be a lot of issues with that that lead to a lot of the symptoms that we see. But the gut, when we think about it, you know, the large into the stomach, well, essentially from the mouth all the way to the back end, right? We have all these ecosystems and especially in the small intestine and large intestine, we have what's called the microbiome. And this is where trillions of different types of organisms, protozoa, fungi, bacteria, make up this ecosystem. And hopefully it's working well. Everyone's working together. They're in a happy balance. But a lot of times what happens because we're feeding inappropriate diets, so not species appropriate diets for our dogs and cats, or there's toxins, or there's a lot of stress, or they're also getting dewormers every month or flea and tick preventatives that are a neurotoxin. These things are bombarding that microbiome and they're disrupting that ecosystem and it's creating a lot of inflammation and we can have overgrowth of bad bacteria. We call that dysbiosis. It can lead to things like leaky gut. So this is where that gut lining, that's a one cell layer thick becomes inflamed. It starts separating. We have food, bacteria, toxins passing through. We have 70% of our immune system sitting right there. And so what happens when these foreign substances cross the gut, then now we have the immune system going, wait a second, there's foreign material here. They mount this overreactive immune response and then we start seeing those symptoms. We start seeing the ear infections. We see the skin issues. We see, you know, the diarrhea that keeps recurring. We see them chewing on their paws. We can see things like pancreatitis. You know, gallbladder disease can be a part of this overreactive immune system that's creating a heightened level of inflammation in the body. And it all comes down to what's going on in the gut. And as our pets age too, you know, that gut's so important where a lot of times digestive enzymes are decreasing. We're not able to to digest the food as well. And so our pets aren't absorbing those vitamins and minerals as well. And especially for feeding highly processed food diets like kibble, which is high carbohydrate, they're already working a lot harder. And so we kind of miss a lot of that. And when we start understanding why gut health is essentially the foundation of health and why we can, how we can use food as medicine, 
the entire picture changes. And that's where we can truly optimize our pet's health, avoid a lot of these diseases or fix a lot of these chronic frustrating diseases that pet parents are facing right now. Yeah. And everything you're saying, I mean, I'm hearing this all the time in the microbiology area with gastroenterology for humans. And it's just so refreshing to hear you're saying the same things apply to our animals, right? We do. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. similar. <laughs> I, I see that. And it's good to know. You mentioned skin issues, ear infections. What are some other symptoms of poor gut health in pets that we should look for? Yeah. So if you're seeing essentially anything other than what you would dictate as optimal health, and a lot of times what can happen is when we start having chronic health issues, especially with cats, like so many people think a vomiting cat is normal. A cat should not be vomiting. Fur right. balls are not normal. A fur ball every now and then you have to be seeing hair in that, right? That, that, that is the definition of a hair ball. It's not just vomit. Those are not normal symptoms. That is a common symptom. It's not normal. And so if you're seeing like these itchy skin, the ear problems are, are common, chewing at scratching excessively, behavior changes are something that's commonly missed that is actually correlated very strongly with what's going on with the gut health and the microbiome, because we have such a strong gut brain connection through the vagus nerve and our nervous system are intimately connected with the gut. So if you're seeing these symptoms and you can't get a, like a handle on them and you realize like the medications are only treating the symptom that you're seeing, we need to look to the gut. So that's something where asking your veterinarian, you know, is this possibly a gut health issue? Are there additional tests that we can do? Um, there are tests you can do on your own, which is really good. One for example, that a lot of pet parents can order from the comfort of their home, they send in a stool sample and they can actually see, do we have a good diverse microbiome? So a lot of different types of strains of bacteria. Do we have an overgrowth of E. coli or clostridium we need to take care of? So Animal Biome is a great company that we use for a lot of our patients that pet parents can access without even going through a veterinarian and get a detailed report. So if you are seeing some of those health problems or your pet is on a medication, they've been on on a medication for a long time, testing that microbiome is even more important to truly understand, do we need to support this gut health a lot more strongly than what we're currently doing? Okay. So you recommend stool testing for animals, right? So that's I kind do. of funny because yeah. I recommend the same thing for my clients. Okay. So I'm seeing all these similarities. It's like, why don't we know these things? Okay. And what's the name of that company again? Yeah. So a lot of vets don't know about this. Um, so with functional medicine tests, this is similar to the, the human side. You know, I've come across that with my husband and asking gastroenterologists too. So this is why podcasts like this are so important um, to learn more. But animal biome is a stool test that you can do for your dogs and cats, and you can order it directly through them. And they create a report. They're a great company to work with. They have great customer service. You can schedule a call with them to understand the report better. And then they make recommendations. The other neat thing they do too. So if your pet does have dysbiosis or not the diversity is, or an overgrowth of E. coli or clostridium is they actually do fecal transplant capsules. So you can order those. They, they also have fecal transplant enemas that you can do through your vet. If your vet's not open to that though, you know, the capsules are the next best option where you can essentially take a healthy ecosystem and put it into your pet's gut to help reestablish a healthy microbiome. So that company is really neat. There's other 
more like newer companies that have come on the market too with functional medicine tests that also look at is the gut lining inflamed by looking at things like calprotectin and other functional markers. Do we have leaky gut, you know, looking at the zonulin levels. So proteins that are released when those tight junctions and that gut lining separate, and we can actually see that in the stool samples. So then rather than assuming we have leaky gut or guessing that we have inflammation, we actually know what we're treating and you can measure the progress of the supplements and the food that you're using to actually monitor your progress rather than just keeping your pets on supplements and hoping that they're working. Now we have all these tools in our toolbox where we can actually assess that. So that other company that's out there is Innovative Pet Lab and you can order their stool tests once again through the company. So I'm super excited to see like where functional medicine has come because we've definitely been lagging behind on the human medicine side in that respect in terms of some of these more functional medicine testing to look at actual markers to better understand what's actually occurring internally. Yeah. And based on the markers you've stated, I think I could probably understand the, the animal yes. pet test the same way as the ones that I order for my clients. So that's good news. Yeah. Now, besides nutrition, because that's obviously a big one, what are some other tools that you like to use for animal gut health, like probiotic powders, get into yeah. those? I think I'm going to take a back step because I find a lot of pet parents nutrition is not being optimized. And so okay, yes. you'll hear a lot of functional medicine doctors talk about species appropriate diets. So dogs and cats actually have zero physiological requirement for carbohydrates. And that's really important because most dogs and cats are actually on a processed high carb diet. That's kibble. So if you're feeding a dry food kibble diet, it can actually be creating some of that leaky gut or that dysbiosis in the microbiome. And cats are very different than dogs in terms that they're what are called an obligate carnivore. So they just need protein and fat, essentially zero carbohydrates. They don't have the digestive enzymes to actually process a lot of carbs. Now, if we use plant material, we're using it specifically for phytonutrients and antioxidants to support their overall health, but we don't need a lot of it because they just won't process it very well. And physiologically, they don't need it. Now, on the other side, dogs are what we call facultative carnivores. So they've, they've evolved a little bit more to have some more digestive enzymes in order to process some of the carbohydrates. So we can get away with feeding a little bit higher carbs for them, but they still have zero requirements. So essentially, we're using the carbs as the food for the good bacteria. So what we call a prebiotic. So this is where I start looking at how do we use food as medicine? Because when we use food, you're already feeding food for your pets. And it's a lot cheaper than dumping a bunch of supplements in the bowl, hoping your dogs eat it. And cats can be a nightmare, right? With supplements, got three cats, I can totally relate. So, you know, if we can use food and get them to eat food and the food is acting as the medicine, that's where the power is at. So this is where yes. great prebiotics you can use as food toppers or integrate into, you know, balanced homemade diets. If you're looking at doing that are mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms are a great source of prebiotics. They're also providing a lot of support for the immune system, specifically things like reishi, your shiitake, you can just use button mushrooms too. So your agaricus mushrooms, and you don't need a ton. And if you're thinking like, 
how the heck do I get my cat to eat mushrooms, right? Right. (laughs) Cats can eat mushrooms. (laughs) So here's the best part about this. Mushrooms have a umami flavor. And so cats actually really like umami flavored foods. And so you can actually cook up, finely chop them. That's important. Like don't put like the whole mushroom. Maybe a cat there. I'm sure there's some cats that would eat an entire button mushroom whole, but finely chop it up and cook it in a little bit of ghee. Ghee is a great option for an oil, a fat. It tastes really good. And also too, if you're worried about like the lactose intolerance, they're, they, we've, we've actually removed the milk protein from ghee. So it's a really great option to help encourage your pets, especially cats, to eat a little bit of these great, uh, using food as medicine, essentially, to help feed the microbiome and provide some in, additional antioxidant and immune support. So love mushrooms. The other things that you can do too is, you know, for especially if we have a gut health issue or we're concerned, a little bit of sweet potato, a little bit of pumpkin. Um, you know, we don't want to overload on starchy carbohydrates because that can play a part with like yeast overgrowth if we do have allergies or, you know, a yeast overgrowth that we're worried about. But the nice thing with those is that it provides a nice source of fiber. So it's helping with the stool formation. It's also helping. It has high vitamin A content. Um, and it's really, it's a great food source once again. So that's another great option for, for using food. Eggs are another great food topper too. Egg has everything that it needs in it. So if you're using a raw or a lightly cooked, uh, no problem. If you're using raw, just remove the egg white. Um, so feeding the raw yolk and cats also really like the yolk too. So that's adding additional nutrients and support for the body. Once again, all of these are high in nutrients that are going to also support that gut lining and give it the food that it needs. Another great food source. So the final one for food source, before I touch briefly on supplements is going to be sardines. So canned sardines are a great source of omega-3 essential fatty acids. Omega-3 essential fatty acids are really important for reducing inflammation naturally. They also support the gut lining. Once again, they're a whole food source. They have everything that you need in it. Um, so they're they're a great option. Cats like them, most you know, dogs like them. So all those foods are easy to give to both dogs and cats. And most will accept them either as part of like homemade diets or part of pre-made, lightly cooked or raw diets, or as a superfood topper. Okay. Interesting. And dairy, what's the scoop on dairy? Is dairy good for our pets or not? Some people say yes. Some say no. What's your take on that? Depends on the dairy type. So I am not a big fan of cow's milk. Uh, Once again, it tends to be inflammatory on a Chinese medicine side. It can be mucus forming too. And our pets don't have the lactase enzyme. So they have a really hard time digesting that. Now, raw goat's milk can be a great option for your pets. Now, if you have a sensitive pet or you have a pet with allergies, I always say test it. Go small. This isn't the time to add in a bunch of you know raw goat's milk and see how they do. Start with a little bit. And I always say too, when you have sensitive pets, whether it's GI issues or allergies, give the body a break you know, give it for no more than three days and then rest it. So the immune system doesn't have a chance to overreact to what you're giving. Um, So raw goat's milk, if you're going to go with dairy would be where I would go. And that can be very beneficial and helpful. It has all the nutrients it needs. You can actually do raw goat's milk fast for pets to help like rest the gut and help, especially when we're treating like yeast and allergies too. So raw goat's milk is very different than cow's milk. Right. Same thing for humans. Again, (laughs) so many similarities. Okay. Now this is a personal question for me. 
And uh, so recently, as you know, I lost my cat to gallstone. She had a severe bile duct obstruction. And I mean, I probably gave her an extra two weeks, but I'm not sure if there was anything more that I could have done at this point. It's not worth it to have the guilt. But how do gallstones occur in cats and how can we prevent them from happening in the first place? Yeah, so I actually have quite a few cats that have had like that surgery, but also too have had gone through similar things where they either passed away or they were, you know, helped onto the next life because of this. Now, a lot of times it comes down to looking at what are the diets that we're feeding. And so looking at, is this a species appropriate diet? A lot of cats are on kibble. And so if there is a cat that's experiencing things like pancreatitis, a lot of times is a precursor to gallbladder, like a gallbladder issue. So the gallbladder sits in the liver. It's where we're getting the bile from the liver comes in. And then the gallbladder is expressing it into the small intestine. And so what can happen, especially with cats, is they can have a reflux of bacteria up through the common bile duct into the gallbladder. And because it sits so closely and it has connections with the liver, if there's inflammation there, it can also cause the liver to become inflamed. So I always look for that is a symptom. It's not, you know, all of a sudden, bam, we have a gallbladder stone. So it's looking at where's the inflammation coming from. So diet is always where I want to look first, what's going on there, what's going on with the microbiome. Also too, I want to look at what is the toxin level? Are they receiving any other medications? Are there any, like flea tick preventatives that are increasing the stress of the liver? Because we have to keep in mind what's happening with the liver and the gut. They're so closely connected. And that liver is actually processing 70% of the toxins from the gut. So from the stool passing through, and it's called enteropathic recirculation. So it comes back through to be reprocessed by the liver. So that liver, if we have a lot of toxin load or the the detox pathways aren't open up, the toxins get stuck and it creates inflammation. If bile is not flowing, bile is important for digesting fats. So a lot of times these cats are really sensitive to fat. So if you're feeding a higher approach, like a higher fat diet, you're going to see increased symptoms of diarrhea, GI, like vomiting, things like that. Those are common symptoms. So if you're seeing that, that's a warning sign, like, okay, let's pay attention. We, what can we do? Right. And then the other thing too, with your bile, when it goes, it, it's actually binding to the toxins and getting toxins out of the body. So supporting the detox pathways is essential for this. A lot of times vets will use things like denimerin, which is milk thistle plus SAMI to help support those pathways. This is also where looking at using binders. So these are things like zeolites. So clinoptolite, your humic and fulvic acids, which are tend to be more common on the, the human side, but I use them all the time in the pet side. What they're really good at is binding toxins, transporting and nutrients into the cell, but getting those toxins out and grabbing them and getting them out of the body. Um, so whenever I see a gallbladder issue, I always have to go back to those basics like diet, what's going on in the environment, toxin level, what's the stress levels, uh, did they just receive vaccines? Vaccines can play a part too, because we're putting something into the body. Um, you know, it's not a benign thing. It's stimulating the immune system. And it typically, I always say there's a threshold, right? We have to reach. So we're like working our way to the threshold. And then if we cross it, we see symptoms. And that's where we get the vomiting. We get the diarrhea, but we're building up. We're either moving along the spectrum towards health or away from health at all times, whether we're humans, whether we're pets, like we're, it's all the same. And so if we know and understand where those foundations 
foundations of health are, and we can assess those, then that will help us avoid having something like a gallbladder gallbladder issue, liver issue, pancreatitis issue, because usually all three of those are combined and they're also connected to that gut health and the microbiome. So that's how I approach that is always asking why did this occur and working our way back following like those foundations and those pillars of health. Could a potentially low fat diet or improper fat diet lead to those gallstones to form over the years? Usually they put them on a low fat diet because they're not processing the the fat well. I would say, especially I find I'm not a big fan of prescription diets, especially in cats, because they tend to be very low protein. They also have a lot of, they don't have a lot of nutrients or relying on synthetic vitamins and minerals. And then there's a lot of studies too that show that a lot of these diets are higher in wheat products that are going to be higher in things like glyphosate or Roundup. So once again, those are toxins and those are directly impacting the microbiome. Um, so if they were on like, say ID, so, or your, you know, a lot of times like your big brand names will have your prescription diets for GI upset, those can potentially lead to an issue down the road because we're not meeting the needs of that cat over time. And so then once again, we're moving closer to that threshold of where all of a sudden now we have a bile duct obstruction. Right. Okay. And what's your take on fish oil, cod liver oil, those types of oils for animals? So I am a huge fan of omega-3 essential fatty acids. We have to be a little bit careful with using cod liver oil all the time because it can be higher in vitamin A and vitamin D. So that is something we have to be careful with. I use it because I do a lot of hair tissue mineral analysis tests. So I can see what's the level of inflammation in the body, where are vitamins and minerals off, how hard are the like the adrenal glands and thyroid gland, like the thyroid gland working, what is the level of heavy metals in the body? So if I'm seeing high levels of sodium and inflammation and the adrenal glands are working harder and we have we need more vitamin A. Your cod liver oil is a great source for using that, but it's not something I would use necessarily long-term. It's in specific situations. So a safer source would be using like your fish oil. If you have a pet that's sensitive to white fish, which unfortunately a lot of pets are becoming sensitive because of all the inflammation that's present in, you know, with our pets today, just like in people, then using an algae oil would be a great option for those, those pets. Okay. So nutrition is the biggest piece for pet gut health, just like for humans. And then we have the supplements that can also help in some cases. Are there any lifestyle recommendations for healthy pet guts, like getting outdoors often? Are there other recommendations that you have? Yeah. So of course, food is always foundation. It can be the safest form of medicine or the slowest form of poison. Like I love that quote and it's so true. And then totally supplements- agree. Yeah. Supplements are filling in the gaps, right? So we don't want to over supplement just because a supplement is good. We don't want to over supplement, but also too, this is where whole body approach, whole environment approach. I'm a big fan of this. And this is where physical activity is essential. It gets the lymphatic system moving. It's going to help drain those toxins. And also too, you're being exposed to the natural bacteria in the environment. That's why grounding is so important. Getting in the soil um, is really, really important for our cats, getting them moving too. They shouldn't just be sleeping all day. So engaging with them, playing with them, environmental enrichment. And the other piece to this too is the environment or the emotional health component, emotional health and stress. We live in a stressful world. It's gotten a lot more stressful in the past few years. And so making sure that we are taking care of our own stress will also help our pets. Stress can lead 
immediately to leaky gut and, and it will affect the absorption of certain vitamins and minerals. And so we have to be more aware of how we're feeling and ground ourselves and like breathing exercises. And that's a human side and our pets, especially cats, right? They feel it and they pick they up do. our energy. So that energetic frequency is a big thing that I always talk about because when we're in gratitude, when we're aware of, you know, making sure that we are releasing stress, we're not carrying it with us all the time. It's not just becoming the normal, then that will also help our pets heal. And it will also help prevent disease for both of us. And we're all in this together. They need us to take care of them. And they're also taking care of us too. So those areas are very important alongside nutrition and then supplements to fill in the gaps. Totally agree. And it's, you can see the animals kind of uh, reflect back what we're dealing with in life. We're stressed out, our animals will become stressed out. So it's very important that as humans, we take care of ourselves too. So that's glad that you mentioned that. Do you have any announcements, any projects you're working on, any resources you'd like to share? And then where can people find you? Yeah. So people can find us at the natural pet We also have a Facebook page, Instagram that we post every day on for additional resources. We have a YouTube channel where there's free videos too. And then we do also have a few intensive programs where you can get guidance and support, dive deeper into those five pillars of health that we touched a little bit on. Um, so you can always go to our website and schedule a call to learn a little bit more or send us an email at info at the natural pet Now we do have a free resource in terms of like nutrition, because that's the foundation of health. And a lot of pet parents don't know where to start. So we do have a free guide on how to optimize your pet's food. Um, So that's also at our website, thenaturalpetdoctor.com. And I believe you're linking to it too. Yes, I am. And I think I downloaded it too. So I'll be getting my kitty on a, a more raw diet. So I'm excited for that. Um, and do you take patients virtually or just in clinic? Yeah, so we're actually doing, we have shifted to our group programs. So we do things a little bit different because I believe the support and the guidance as you are working through the the concerns that you have, optimizing health, we find the results we get are so much more powerful than just a one-off visit to answer the questions as they come up because it is a lifestyle change. So we work with pet parents and programs and that we have for our blueprint program, which teaches you those different foundations of health. So we have clients from all over the world, which is really fun. And it's becomes essentially a family to help support one another, which is a huge part of the emotional health too, that we just talked about. Absolutely. So if someone wanted to have you as their doctor, is that only possible in your clinic or virtually? Do you do telehealth? You can prescribe things, although I know you don't really prescribe, but is that an option for people if they'd like to have you as their vet? Yeah. So the way they would have us is through the group programs at this time. So we're, yes, which is all done virtually. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you. That was so much great information. I think people will start making the connections because it's just so similar. And as much as I pound their heads with the information I provide, it's the same kind of thing. So I think it's very important that we know this and we're aware that our fur babies need pretty much the same support that we do. And gut health is so important. So thank you so much, Dr. Katie. That was very valuable. And I appreciate all the information. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. We'll take care. 
Hey there. Thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at gutexpertriley, on Facebook at The Gut Pharmacist, same spelling as this podcast, on YouTube at The Gut Pharmacist, and my website is holisticriley.podia.com where you can find information on working with me, my background, and more helpful information to feel empowered in your journey.